Hey, welcome to episode 97 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today I'm going to tell you all about prayer labyrinths. Hi, my name is Tim, and today I'm going to tell you about sanctification and why it's so important to have sanctification in your prayer life. All that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. back in the studio. Welcome, Tim. I feel privileged that yes. I'm the first one back in the studio. Did you redo it? Is there anything different? Uh, it's a, it's it's definitely different than it was because there's still a lot of pieces that are over with our Christmas setup and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we're a work in progress over here. And we're here on episode 97, ever approaching episode 100. 100. What are you guys going to do for 100? Oh, it's going to be crazy. Are I we going to have sheep been... and... We've Other been, stuff in here. We've been working it out. There is uh here's what I'll tell you. I'll give you the the general framework of what we're gonna do. We're gonna go live for a hundred minutes and do a hundred minute episode oh, for episode one hundred. We're bringing in a bunch of different guests. We'll be live from uh, eleven a.m. to twelve forty. I think if I'm doing my math right, p.m. on that Wednesday, which would be three weeks from now. I think yeah. it's like October nineteenth. So. 100 minutes live for episode 100. That'll be great. Tons of guests coming in, tons of games. It's going to be a bunch of fun. Not like a, you know, your average tangible takeaway is probably pretty serious. This is just going to be a bunch of fun for just 100 minutes. Circus. You'll be able to, people who are watching will be able to ask questions and stuff like that and be able to be part of the show. So oh, that'll be sweet. That'll be fun because yeah. we pre-record all of these. So this will be like genuinely live. We'll be on the other side. Yeah. We'll be able if someone to talk has a question us. about something, they can just instantly like, boom, yep. ask the question. So 100 minutes live episode 100 coming real soon yeah this one will not be 100 minutes no uh, okay. our goal is not 100 minutes perfect so um you were teaching this weekend at hesperia yeah we're talking about this idea of pray for one another mm-hmm. um you said it was it, off camera you were talking about is a really fun message to prepare absolutely what were kind of some of the things for you that just generally about digging into this topic stood out or were just um fun for you to study yeah well obviously my degree from talbot is in theology and so kind of going into the theology of prayer and theology proper which is super fun to do and yeah. just be able to dig up old papers and books that we've went through but yeah i think probably one of the most rewarding parts is we were in John 17 and just looking at Jesus's high priestly prayer that he did during the upper room discourse and talking about the four things that he prayed for them. He prayed for protection, for sanctification, for unity, and to experience the joy of God's glory. Mm. And so being able to lay that out for the congregation. And at Asperia, we went pretty deep into what is sanctification, because it's a big word. So describing, you know, what does that mean? What are the stages of sanctification? Going into even protection, what are the things that make us fall away from the Lord? You Mm. know, going into John Mark Comer mentions the three things that are vying for our attention, the three things that make us stumble. We spend a little time in there. We went into unity, talking about the Hinna Clause in Greek, and so why unity is important, because unity is there in order that the people of the world will see God's glory, which Mm. then we bled into the glory of God. Touched a little bit on Moses going up to the mountain, seeing the glory of God and coming back in his face, just shining to everyone, and how we, through the process of praying for one another, will experience that same glory and pray for others, people to experience that glory as well. Mm, yeah, it's there's something so, um, what I thought was so interesting, I was at Victorville this weekend, so I heard Mike, and what I thought was such an interesting approach that you guys took was this, um, 
generally when you would think of where does Jesus give us an example of how to pray, mm-hmm. you wouldn't go to John 17. You would say, our Father who art exactly. in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? That would be your go-to because the disciples literally ask, how should we pray? Yeah. And Jesus said, well, you should pray like this. And so he gives this example. This is, it was so interesting for you guys to take that approach because I've never thought of using that passage as an example for how I could pray for other people. I would look at it and be like, this is so cool. Jesus prayed for me. Yeah. Like that was how I would think through that passage, but it never occurred to me to think of it through the lens of how you could be praying for other people. And I think when you do think through it that through that lens, and obviously we're in a one another series, so it makes a lot of sense that we would. Yeah man, it is, it's kind of convicting because you realize how poor you are at praying for other people. Mm-hmm. And then I started to think about this connection to the way I see Paul pray for churches and specific people. And I see Peter do the same thing. And I begin looking at these other examples of how people in the New Testament pray for other groups of people. And it's never the content of what I'm praying for. Generally, I'm praying for a lot of the stuff we talked about this weekend. This person's sick or they're in financial hardship or whatever. Man, Paul is praying, man, I, Lord, I pray that they would know you and in knowing you, they would have this greater love for you and for other people or this inexpressible joy. Or he prays these prayers for what is really good for them. Yeah. And almost you don't see really almost any needs-based prayer. When I would say today, we pray almost exclusively Mm needs-based. So give me your thoughts on that a little bit, on how we, is there a reason why we've shifted to needs-based and how do we shift to this more New Testament example? Yeah, I think the needs-based prayer, I think is rooted a lot in church history. And so you have the New Testament you know, aspect of prayer, which is what we looked at with Jesus in John 17. And then you see it even as you're saying in Paul's epistles. But I think as church history has gone on, and especially the influence of the Catholic church and early church history, we've gone to this, hey, priest, I'd love you to pray for this for me. And it's almost become, like you said, that needs-based prayer. And there is a place and a time for that. I Mm -hmm. do think that scripture, not do think, I believe that scripture does tell us to lift, make our requests known to God and the peace of God, which transcends our all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I just so memorize that and rooted. There, you, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. So there is a needs-based prayer on that, and the Psalms are filled with needs-based prayers. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Needs-based prayers all the time. But I think what Jesus was really trying to help us understand, and I think even the New Testament writers and even the Holy Spirit, is that prayer has a greater purpose than even just praying that God will help us in this situation. Prayer has a lot to do with sanctification, and it's that sanctification process that's going on through our lives, and you see that progression in Jesus's message in John 17, is he's praying for protection. How do we get that protection? Through sanctification, which then leads to unity, which then leads to taking joy in the glory of Christ, Mm. because ultimately that's one of the biggest ideas, one of the biggest things that we as believers are to do is to take joy in the Lord, to to look forward to that glory. And when we do that, those need-based prayers that we have, man, those things seem so much more insignificant compared to the glory of Christ. Yeah, I think that's what is so important, right? We're not dogging on needs-based prayers because Mm -hmm. 
there is a time and a space. Time and a place, exactly. But I think if we were to all be honest with ourselves and just, just say what the truth is, the vast majority of our prayers, if not the entirety of our prayers, are needs-based prayers. Mm-hmm. That's where the problem is, right? Yeah. We're not saying you can't pray a needs-based prayer that's, God, I need this, or my friend needs this, or my family needs this, or oftentimes that's how we're praying for other people, mm-hmm. right? That was the context we were looking at this weekend. The way we pray for other people is even needs-based. Yeah. So we're just down the line, I'm either praying for my needs or other people's needs, and that tends to be kind of the exclusive place that we keep prayer. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is like you're saying, prayer is where our desires are shaped. Mm -hmm. It's not where we bring up our desires and we say, God, this is what I want. It's where our desires should be being formed through the process of bringing requests and petitions before God that we begin to have a perspective that's more like his perspective and less like our perspective than when we started to pray. Exactly. Right? Like I love, um, have you ever done a a prayer labyrinth? I don't think I've ever heard of that. That's a fancy word. Yeah. Okay. So a prayer labyrinth is like this, like monks would, they would set up a maze with uh, like a maze looking thing with a bunch of rocks on the ground. And so you'd have this path and the path just winds back and forth. And so it's like these switchbacks basically as you go, and then you reach this central spot and then you just turn around and you walk right back out of it. So theoretically there's nothing really magical there. Yeah. But what you do when you walk through the labyrinth is you walk slowly, you're not like sprinting through it. They're generally pretty small, but because it's so many switchbacks, it takes you a while. Mm -hmm. You pray all of the things that can come to your mind, all of the burdens that you have, the burdens of others, you are basically just dropping them as you walk through this labyrinth. And so you're giving God just all of these different things that are overwhelming to you, needs-based things. Mm -hmm. Then you get to the center, you might pause and finish that prayer. And as you turn back, you're completely silent and you just allow him to speak. Just you allow listen. him That's to great. move. And you spend just as much time doing that as you do praying your needs-based prayers. That I think is my problem. That is our problem is we just drop all the needs and then we say, thanks so much. And we hang up. And then amen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's like, well, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that's not all that prayer is. Mm -hmm. And so you are selling yourself super short on a legitimate and, like you're saying, sanctifying, transforming prayer experience. Mm -hmm. When I sit and I let him speak, when I sit and I let the Spirit convict me of error and sin in my life, or cast a vision for maybe where this next season is going in my life. Man, there's so many different ways that when I do give that space that God has spoken to me in such unique ways, being in awe of the glory of his creation, just as I'm walking out of a prayer labyrinth or the different things like that, there have just been so many ways that he's spoken to me because the space and the time is there. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, as they're coming into this message, just went through a prayer experience with Rooted. That's a beautiful thing to follow the Rooted prayer experience into this because it's once again reinstilling like, hey, it's like you said, don't say, hey, God, we need this, need this, thank you, amen. Because God's like, wait, but I wanted to talk to you. Whereas yeah. you do the rooted thing, obviously the first thing you're probably going to do when you go into that prayer experience, say, God, would you do this, would you do this, would you do this? But then guess what? You're there for another 45 yeah. minutes. Hour runs out, hour, hour keeps going, and you're like, man, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And so you're sitting there, you're paying attention to him in mm-hmm. new ways, you're 
waiting for him to speak to you. You're coming to his word without an agenda. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just got to kill time. So I'm looking to his word. Yeah, I'm just going to go over these passages that were given to us. And it's like, obviously, if you had a powerful experience in the rooted prayer experience, which I would expect you did, mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. It's because it looks so different than our other prayer exactly. experiences. So I just wonder for for you as you're, you know, I think anytime we look to Jesus as an, as an example, we walk away, each and every one of us with like, man, I have so much to grow in. I have so much to learn. As you walk away from this and you're trying to model your prayer life more like Jesus mm-hmm. and his example here, what are some of kind of the practical things that you're working on to implement some of this into your life. Yeah, I think one of it is what we were just talking about, you know, the hour long rooted experience, taking time to just sit there by yourself with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit listening, like, God, what do you want to say to me? Mm-hmm. I mean, like we were talking about, you make your request to God, but then you listen. Yeah. Because he's talking to you. You sit there with your Bible, you read your Bible, you go to these scriptures, even rooted's great because they give us tons of scripture to go to, to practice this prayer rhythm that we're learning. And so just to sit there and to hear his voice. I was telling the congregation yesterday, I've done this, I've done Rooted twice now. And every single prayer project that we do or prayer experience, always something new that the Lord's speaking. Yeah. And so molding your practices after Jesus, one of the things that Jesus always did, you see it all through the gospels, every single one of them, he went off by himself. Mm. He went off to the side and he spent time communing with the Father, talking with the Father, spending time. He was going through exactly what we were praying through, that sanctification, that unity with the Father. He went through that entire process. He was God, so he was perfect, but he still had that process of growth and spiritual development that happened through his prayer, through his communion with the Father. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think there's, um, man, there's something so beautiful when we shift away from the checking the to-do lists in our faith and in these daily rhythms, right? Prayer, reading scripture to dependence. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the metaphor that Jesus always uses. That's what he wants. Yeah. He wants us to depend on him. Mm-hmm. This isn't a religion. It's never been, well, if you read a chapter a day, I won't be mad at you. Yeah. Or if you pray five or 10 minutes a day, then I'll be happy with you. Yeah. You don't do the six Hail Marys or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Show me that verse. Mm-hmm. He wants us to depend on him. He wants us to lean on him and to, this is the thing, it's not for him. He knows that we need him. Mm-hmm. We need to be reminded that we need him, yeah. that he sustains us, that He that everything that we are is sustained in his hands. Mm-hmm. And even the fact that our hearts continue to beat and the breath in our lungs, it all belongs to him. And man, that is a powerful way to start your day. When you're not starting it with like, check, I read the verse of the day. Mm-hmm. But man, I came back to God's word. I came back to his presence and I was reminded I am not my own. Mm-hmm. I can't do today on my own strength and I need him. And that is how you're able to do what Jesus forecasted for his disciples. Greater things than I have done, yeah. you're going to do. Not because we're awesome, but because we're going to be a people who are committed to depending on God, to committed to depending on his presence. And so, man, what would it be like if we were a group of people that said, man, I'm not going to get up from this spot until I experience the Lord, until I experience his presence, because I am that dependent on him. Because I, I need, need him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think of humanity. Humanity was created to be in fellowship with God. And not only that, but we we're created to be to have dependence on God. 
And so when Adam and Eve ate that apple, they said, I don't need you, God. That relationship was, you know, severed. Yeah. But that's why prayer is so important because we need to remind ourselves, hey, we can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit's work in our hearts and fellowship and communion with Jesus and the Father every single day. Yeah. And without that, you're going to struggle through life yeah. because you're dependent. You need that. And not only that, prayer is such an integral part of sanctification because Christ calls us in Scripture to become more and more like Him. How do we do that? Through the reading of His Word and through spending time in prayer. What did Christ do? Again, the majority of His ministry, a lot of His ministry, He prayed to the Father. Yeah. And if we're going to be Christ-like, that's what we need to do. Yeah. And it's like, man, if you look at your desires and you say, man, God, I want all the wrong things in life. You got to you got to get on your knees, man. You yep. got to start praying because yep. it's in prayer that your desires are formed mm-hmm. and your desires are shaped. Yep. And when you start praying, let's use a silly example so that, you know, we can all laugh at it instead of it feeling real. But when you're praying, God, please give me an Xbox, that starts to feel really silly well, the second well, yeah. day that you come back to pray that prayer. Yep. So you start praying deeper things, mm-hmm. more important things. And that's how we begin praying those prayers like Paul did, prayers like Jesus did, is we become people of prayer, that we begin praying deeper, bigger prayers than we ever have before. Yeah, you stop desiring the Xbox and you start desiring, I want my neighbor to accept Jesus into their heart, or I want to become more and more like Jesus so that I can effectively reach my oikos. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it just zooms you out in all the best ways. Gets you right back focused in. Yeah. Well, that's so great. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate you taking yeah, the time. Yeah, my pleasure. It's Yeah, I love talking about this stuff. Yeah, so. and it was a great weekend this weekend, so thanks for teaching God's Word. It was encouraged by you and Mike. Just good job. Yeah, my yeah. pleasure. Uh, well, that's all we got for this weekend here on, or this week here on Tangible Takeaways. And uh, as always, leave a comment there. Let us know something you're taking away from this week's message. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to the channel so that you, you get future videos as well. Um, but that's all we have for this week. Be on that lookout. Episode 100 coming very soon. Uh, but we'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.